Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for The Deuce with Jimmy Chavez on 1620 The Zone. All the headlines you need in two minutes or less. Ryan Conkbrenner is named one of the 10 semifinalists for this year's Naismith Men's Defensive Player of the Year Award. He leads the Big East with 2.31 block shots per game, which also ranks 16th nationally. In league play, he leads the conference with uh, just a little under three block shots per game. He also leads the nation in field goal percentage, and he's averaged nearly 15 points per game. Senior night at the China night against Georgetown. Tip-off is at 7.30. Pre-game and post right here on The Zone. Elsewhere tonight in the Big East, number 20, Providence host number 19, Xavier, number 14, UConn, welcomes DePaul. Last night, number 6, Marquette, wins 72-56 to against Butler and Hinkle, and Villanova heating up as they defeat Seton Hall 58-54. In women's basketball, Jazz Shelley was named first-team All-Big Ten from the coaches to headline a group of four Huskers who earned all-conference accolades. Shelley, who is also an academic All-American candidate, is the first Husker to earn first-team All-Big Ten honors under head coach Amy Williams. Alexis Markowski was named second-team Big Ten. Izzy Bourne and Sam Hybe were named honorable mention Huskers in Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament at the Target Center in Minneapolis tomorrow morning at 11.30. If you listened yesterday, go get your tickets at the box office if you're going. Some uh, baseball. There was no umpire behind the plate calling balls and strikes or even one of those so-called robo-umps that could become part of the game in the future when the Orioles and Pirates kept playing on well, yesterday, umpires left the field after Baltimore's Josh Lester grounded out to end the top of the ninth inning with the Orioles trailing 7-4, officially ending the contest. But the teams went ahead and played the bottom of the ninth inning after Pirates manager Derek Shelton and Baltimore skipper Brandon Hyde had a quick discussion. The Orioles wanted to get some work on the mound for right-hander Ofridi Gomez. Teams occasionally agreed to shorten or lengthen spring training games depending on needs. Hyde said the umpiring crew was not on board with the plan and they left the field. So with the umpires gone, the balls and strikes were called by the catcher, just like is done in so many backyard games. Maverick Hanley, no relation to Nick, a non-roster invitee who has never played above the double-A level, was behind the plate for the Orioles. That was a strike zone. Has he got a future? Say, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if it doesn't can work he, out playing. Can he interpret what a robot says? Balls and strikes. Remember, uh, I don't know if you guys remember if, if this happened to you in Little League, but sometimes we would get a parent that would have to come out and umpire a game, uh, and they would stand behind the pitcher so they could handle both the calls on the field and the strike zone. So I was wondering if maybe they would just get a player that was not going to be needed in the ninth, just have them stand behind the pitcher. Whether you wanted to use a chair or just want to be nimble and get out of the way on a ground ball, but be able to call balls and strikes behind the pitcher, but also be able to see what's going on first, second, and third. Everything that needs to be done in the game to to win the game. The strain is spectacular, right? So we can just go back and look at the game. Then you see, do you see the strain? I mean, do you see it or no? Or is it just something that I'm missing? 
right? You can't play a game like that and win, right? So the things that happened in the game create like an impossible circumstance to win against a great team, right? Right. The I Akamania. We, I just thought we'd play right. that for our friends that listen to us down in Louisiana. But now you get Bob Diaco on the LSU staff as an analyst. And there's more to the story. He's going to basically run the special teams. Uh, so after one-year stints at Nebraska, Louisiana Tech, Purdue, Bob Diaco has a new home as he leaves Mike Riley and moves to Baton Rouge to reunite with Brian Kelly. Just don't, you know what? I haven't heard that in a while, the, the strain. I forgot about that. Still don't know exactly what's being said. I forgot how many times Strain took on a different meeting in 2020. So Strain and, and asked members of the press pool, can oh, you see it? Can, we, you, can you see so it? So I was there. Yeah. I, I, I was standing in the scrum, and when he said, the strain is spectacular, right? And he looked around, like people were like, this is... Oh, this is bizarro <laughs> world. I mean, watching it and so, seeing his face as he no says, "Reasonable so, reason." Well, like you know, you were you were trying to understand what he was saying, yeah, and no one could understand. And then when he was done, like the 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 ending of the Diaco, because this was after the overtime loss to Northwestern. Yeah, there, there's more to that whole day. But when he got done, like none of us said anything. We just looked at each other and said, what the hell was that? <laughs> now, some smart reporters were like, boom, we've got the best quote in a long time surrounding Nebraska football. Strain being spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. I, the T-shirt. The part of asking, can you see it? Can you see it? That I totally f- forgot about. And then, yeah, the reasonable reason part, that's when you knew you are probably in for a good one there. But... <laughs> I mean, you, you would I just, think when he came to Nebraska, you, you knew about the civil conflict between <laughs> UConn and Central Florida. That topped it. It, it, it is one of the more bizarro conflict. world moments. But that whole day, again, so that's right after the Northwestern overtime loss. That day was kind of the beginning of the end for Mike Riley because Bill Moose had just taken over as mm-hmm. athletic director. And as the story goes, you, know, you you can't believe that Nebraska lost that game the way they lost it. So they, they lose 31-24 in overtime. Mm-hmm. Moose goes outside the stadium and is getting the pulse of the fans that are coming out of the stadium because that was his first game as the athletic director, yeah. essentially. And people were livid. Like, what the hell is this? Get this fixed. What? Is, just, I'm done. Yeah. And Moose is like just taking it all in while his the defensive coordinator is standing in a side room underneath the North Stadium talking about the strain. And all of us looked at each other and went, what the? And, and then when he was done, so this is the part. So Diaco, like, it's awkwardly how he finishes. Like, there's... What's the follow-up? And then he just kind of walked away on his own. But it's also the same room that a month earlier, Sean Eichhorst wrote his ticket out of town after the Northern Illinois game. Yeah. When he started to address the media. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is going on here in 2017? (laughs) 
So for all of the Louisiana fans that listen to the show, that's what you're getting as Bob Diaco is now an analyst on Brian Kelly's staff. I, I'm trying to remember, was that? Because his post-game uh, media opportunities, I know there the majority of them, he would go shower and he would get the plaid shirt and the tie and the, the sweater vest. And Did he have that on or was he still in game gear? He's still in game gear. Okay. He was still in game gear. Okay. Yeah, so because he was upset or he didn't like how they played, so he immediately came to the okay. interview room. I, I was always trying to remember when he would come out and he was like, geez, this guy, he's polished up now. All right. Big night on the town. I hope the specialists at LSU know what they're in for because his brief time at Nebraska – because he he was the he was like the special teams guy. Mm-hmm. He would do all the drills with the special teams, the punters and the kickers and the punt returners and the kick returners. Have yeah. To hold them back. No. His brain just works differently than you or myself or Jimmy or anyone. It's he's he a thinks fi- bigger. He, he thinks he's a bigger. thinker. He thinks a bigger picture. Though. Yeah, he's a yeah. thinker. He's yeah. a he's a thinker. There were there yeah. were times when you would listen to Bill Callahan, and I think Bill either. He started to do it because it was a deflection of like the problems that were starting to creep up in that last year, or if it's just how his mind was wired and not only dropping football lingo, but saying things like the reasonable reason you're like, what? I remember there was one time when Bill Callahan was talking about an opponent and he was bringing up things like poise for the noise and just different weird ways to describe whatever he was trying to get to, whether we're talking adjectives or he was just breaking something down. And there were moments where you wondered, where's he going with this? Diaco, and I thought that after Bill, I I always kind of came across, or I felt it came across as, I think he just feels he's the smartest guy in the room, and he wants you to know that. Not the smartest guy, remember... The athletic director at the time called him the best coach on campus. Well, yeah. Forgetting that he had a national championship volleyball coach that was over in the Devaney Center. Details, you know, details. But the Diaco one, I still don't know. I I don't know how his brain works. I don't, I, I, again, I feel Bill Callahan just thought he was smarter than you. I don't even know if that was the case with Bob Diaco. I don't even know if Bob Diaco, it's almost kind of like Michael Scott when he was trying to talk to David Walson, he's, Coming up with a thought, and he goes, sometimes I don't even know where I'm going. I just hope I'll, I'll find it at some point while I just keep talking. Like, never, ever. Like, I think that's where Bob Diaco was in that rant. I don't think he knew what he was trying to get at. Well, you know what happened after that rant, 54, 56, 56. There's a equipment guy at Nebraska that tells the story of the last game against Iowa where everybody knew everybody was getting fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Nebraska's strength and conditioning coach, Mark Phillip. His car in the parking <laughs> lot was packed. Before the game. Like, his car was packed full of all of the things he had in his apartment in Lincoln. So when the game was over, he walked out of the stadium, got in his car, and was basically never seen before. So they're playing Iowa, and I don't know, Iowa crushes Nebraska that day. And this equipment guy for Nebraska is walking on the field before warm-ups with Diaco. And he said there is a guy above the entrance to the field that hollers at Diaco, and he goes, Hey, Bob! Bob, he goes, thanks for showing me the strain. <laughs> now pack your crap and get the hell out of Lincoln. And he said, and he said, Diaco didn't miss a beat. Diaco just kept walking to the center of the field for warmups. He is a very interesting dude.
Well, it all ended with the Argyle sweater he yeah, wore okay, on the day that everybody got fired. Yes, that's what maybe I'm thinking. But he used to kind of, he would dress up before he'd hit the media at other occasions. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, the, Ar- the Argyle sweater was, damn, Bob. I need to watch that video again still got because it. just so, looking at him in it is even more mesmerizing. Like, And I, here was a guy, remember in 2012, what he did with Notre Dame's defense? He was somebody that was on the rise. Mm-hmm. There yep. was nobody that said, man, you, this is a guy to watch because of what he did with the Notre Dame defense that got the championship game. I, just, just to put this in context, we got a lot of serious stuff going on in the world. Again, this is what he said. There's no reasonable reason, considering where the defensive program was at, to believe that they should be able to do everything that needs to be done in the game to win a game. The strain was spectacular, right? So we could just go back and look at the game. Do you see the strain? <laughs> now, now standing there, because Bishop was there, Connor was there. Yeah, I'm looking at both their faces it, right now. It got... At that point, it got really awkward because people didn't know if they were supposed to answer that question. <laughs> like I, I, I like wanted. To, He's interviewing you. I wanted to like. Did yes. you not see what Northwestern did in the fourth quarter in overtime? <laughs> so then he goes, "Do you see it or no? Is it just something I'm missing? You can play the game like that and win, right?" So the things happened in the game created an impossible circumstance to win. Every station that covers LSU should be carrying that audio today yep. to welcome Bob Diaco to Baton Rouge. 49 past the hour. Mm-hmm. Scott Shanley, who did not play for Bob Diaco, <laughs> is coming up at the uh, top of the hour on Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.